All right, let's go to John chapter 3. It's good to see you guys here in the house of God in the Iglesia. Did you guys come early enough to play a little bit of the weed? Did you guys have fun with that? Yeah, you guys on my junior hires had some fun. Do me a favor, dim the lights in the house a little bit. Let's keep it chill. Look to your neighbor and say, we're going to chill. All right, I like it chill. I don't like it all bright. Reminds me of school. We don't want to remind you of school. We want this to be like Bible school, but not all lame. No, 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 no. Just chill right there. Keep that one definitely on. And just keep this house light right here just a little bit lower. Thank you, my brother. Maybe just a little bit higher. Thank you. Perfect. Can you guys see? Or do you need a little bit more? Okay, good. All right, let's open up to John chapter 3, verse 1 in your Bible. Some of you said, hey, I don't have pens. I don't uh, have this and that. Well, guess what? You can bring a pen next week. Okay, bring your own pen if you don't have one. Of course, we will give you pens uh, and Bibles and all those things. But, man, it would be so great if you all came with pens and Bibles, even on your own self, like brought it yourself. I think you guys are smart enough to do that. How many are smart enough to bring their own pens? Somebody go, whoop, whoop. There you go. Now, the church, like I said, will keep buying you pens, but it's kind of like wasting tithes and offerings when we got to keep buying pens that people take and lose and all that. When you all just bring a pen, so you're good. Now, if you don't have a pen, borrow one from your neighbor. And so what you need to have is your Bible study, Estudia Biblia, right? Is that how you say it in Espanol, Steve? Sí? Estudia Biblia? Is your pastor, is he habla Espanol bueno? <laughs> I try it. Okay, here, look right here. Uh, you got your Bible then, and then you got your pen, all right? So that's the three things you should have. If you're in John chapter 3, somebody say, I'm there. Okay, let's read this passage of Scripture. Now, what we've been doing every single week is reading through the book of John. And so we've been going through verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And so what's so cool about this is you're going to hear the whole entire story, not even missing a beat. So look at your Bible, please, as I read from mine. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Everybody say Nicodemus. Thank you. A member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Can somebody say born again? Thank you. So who came to visit uh, Jesus by night? Nicodemus. And what was he? A Pharisee. And Jesus told him he needed to be what? Born again. You're all getting it. Now, number four, how can a man be born again when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water. Everybody say water. And the spirit. Somebody say the spirit. Thank you. Verse 6 says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Okay, now look to verse 9. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you don't understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak to you of heavenly things? So everyone look up here, please. Nicodemus and Jesus are having a talk. Nicodemus is a Pharisee of the ruling council, comes to Jesus by night. Jesus tells him he must be born again. Nicodemus is like, I don't understand. What's up with that? Jesus starts breaking it down on him saying, dude, you're supposed to be a teacher. You're this older dude that always is in the church. You're a priest and you can't even understand this. I'm trying to teach you something about the earth and I can't even tell you about things about heaven because you don't even understand your purpose on earth yet. And then look at verse 13. Jesus said, no one has gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the son of man. Everybody say the son of man. So Jesus is saying, no one can go up to heaven unless they come down like Jesus did. And in verse 14, it says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. The Son of Man is Jesus, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Now, everybody say eternal life. 
Now, do you see how eternal life and being born again are the same thing? At the beginning of the conversation, he says, you've got to be born again. Now, in the middle of the conversation, he says, eternal life. Everybody say, eternal life and born again. Now, say it like you're not mumbling, born again, okay? Everybody say, eternal life, born again. Same thing. Okay, you always supposed to say same thing, by the way, okay? That's okay. We'll work on it. We'll take a whole other time to learn that. Okay, verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Everyone say eternal life. Thank you. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So Jesus says, hey, I'm actually the one that's going to give you eternal life. Now the verse, uh, next verse, 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. What's his name, God's one and only son? Come on, say it like you're up tonight. What's his name? What is the name of God's one and only son? Who do we love? Who do we sing about? What's his name? Shout it at your neighbor. Shout it at your other neighbor. Jesus! We're excited about that name. Okay, verse 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. So people who are evil don't want to come to Jesus. Verse 20, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth, some may say the truth, the truth, like or a rapper that we know, a Christian rapper, he's called the truth. So everybody say the truth. There you go. By the truth in the light so that it may be plainly seen what he has done and what God has seen him do. All right, everybody say born again. Now, I want you to ask yourself this question. Question number one. Look at your paper or the screen. Have you been born again? That's the question. Because everything you're going to learn now is the same thing that Nicodemus learned. And I want to start off by asking you, have you been born again? If you have said yes, put the date when you were born again. I was born again November 5th, 1995. Now, some of you, if you're asking yourself the question... What does it mean to be born again? Like how Nicodemus asked, well, guess what? If you don't know what it is, you don't got it, okay? Hello? If you don't know what a car is, you don't have a car. Is anyone listening to me? Hello? If you don't know what a wife is, you must not have one, okay? And if you don't know what being born again is, you're not born again. So don't try to, like, trick yourself and be like, well, I was baptized when I was a kid. Well, I ain't born again. And you're like, well, you know, I sang in the choir one time or I went to church one time. No, 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 no. Have you been born again? If yes, then everything you learn today as a Christian, as a born-again believer in God, I want you to learn so that you can share it with others. Because exactly the same way that Jesus shared it with Nicodemus, you and I must share it with the world. Somebody say, get your preach on. All right, say, get your preach on. Amen. So that's what you got to do. Now, if you circled no, we love you. Everyone look up at me, smiling. I'm a smiling pastor. See, look at your neighbor and say, we got a good pastor. He loves us. He's so good looking. Now, I kiss, I kiss, I kiss. Now, look, this is how it works. If you're not born again, we are going to teach it to you just like Jesus taught to Nicodemus. And so if I can be born again and some of your neighbors and friends have been born again, you can get it. So I need everybody to sit up, please. Don't be leaning back. And I need you to pay attention for the next few moments. But if you are born again right now, I want you to make some noise. If you're born again, come on. Yeah. So there are a lot of people here who have been born again, and you can be too. Let's go through the story verse by verse. When it first starts off, This man, Nicodemus, is coming to Jesus by night. Now, what's so neat about this is that when he comes by night, you know what that's saying? Is that he's ashamed to be seen with Jesus in public during the day. You see, Jesus had been going out during the day performing miracles, doing awesome things, but Nicodemus was ashamed to be a disciple. 
So he didn't come to Jesus during the day. He came to Jesus at night. Now, you've got to ask yourself a question. Why would this man be afraid to come during the day? Why did he have to come at night? You know why? Because being a Pharisee in the Jewish council, that would be like him being a bishop in the Catholic Church. And Jesus was like 30 years old, my age. And he had a little storefront church. And this bishop of this big church would have been embarrassed to come learn at Jesus' church. Church. Are you all getting it? I'm trying to make it relevant. It would be like a cardinal of the Catholic Church sitting here today going, I've got to learn from Pastor Joe. And even greater than that, because Jesus was doing miracles, but he was a young man, and he was radical. He didn't fit in with religious people. You see, some people think of Jesus as being an old man. No, Jesus was only 30 years old when he started his ministry. That's how old I am. And Jesus didn't dress like the priest. He didn't act like the priest. He wasn't hanging around the synagogue. That was the Jewish religion. Now, Jesus himself was was a Jew, but he came to start Christianity. Everybody say Christianity. Now, the Jews were supposed to be the very first people to get into Christianity, and then Christianity was supposed to go to all the places of the world, not just Israel and Jerusalem. But everyone look up here. This man, Nicodemus, was a Pharisee. That means a religious Jew, and he was a part of their Jewish council. And he comes at night, and he says, Rabbi, I know you're a teacher from God because no one can do these miraculous signs you're doing unless God was with them. You know what we see? That Nicodemus, as religious as he was, he still knew there was more to life than his religion. And I want you all to listen to something right now. Some of you think going to church is what this whole thing is about. And no, it's not. Because that man went to church. That man was religious. Some of you think it's just about believing in God. This man believed in God, but he knew there was something missing. You see, Satanists believe in God. Muslims believe in God. All types of people believe in God. This man knew that there had to be more. Now look at then what Jesus says to him. I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. So right there, you know what he teaches Nicodemus? Nicodemus, if you want to see the kingdom of God, it's not about going to church. It's not about being baptized. It's not about how much you know of the Bible. It's not even how good you are, Nicodemus. Nicodemus, if you want to see the kingdom of God, what did he tell him he needed to do? He needed to be what? Come on, say it like you're up. He needed to be what? Born again. If some of y'all would get up, we could get through this a lot quicker tonight. I'm waiting for you all three right here. Uh, what did Jesus tell Nicodemus to do? I want to hear it. What did he tell him to do? Just you three right here. I want Alex and these three. I'm just looking at you right now. What did Jesus tell them to do? Why don't you all say it together? One, two, three. Alex, one, two, three. Everybody together. One, two, three. It's more embarrassing for me than it is for you, but I'm going to wait. All together. We're not in kindergarten. Poor Michael's the only one getting it right now. Come on. Come on, guys. One, two, three. Now let's all say it together. One, two, three. Okay, Alex didn't get it. Alex did not get it. We got to start over just with the three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Dude, this guy don't even know how to talk, man. Okay, one, two, three. Okay, now everybody, one, two, three. Yeah. Give yourself a hand clap. Only took five minutes. Woo! Lord, help us. Thank you for those that know how to come here and have a good time. Thank you, Jesus. I don't even know what I was talking about. Born again, I guess. Okay, watch. Nicodemus needs to be born again. You and I need to be born again. Now, what's this thing here called the kingdom of God? This thing called the kingdom of God is in heaven. See, God's kingdom is in heaven. Think of a kingdom like a country. Where's God's country? God's country is up in heaven. That's where his citizens are. The saints that have lived before us, they're up there. You and I, when we die, we go up there. So saints are not just people we put on our dashboards or in our houses. Saint is, means holy one. Anyone who lives for God is considered a saint. So those who have died and gone to heaven are saints. So that's God's kingdom. But also in the Lord's Prayer, he teaches us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on what? On where? On earth as it is where? In heaven. So some people think, oh, I will only see the kingdom of heaven when I go to heaven. No, 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 no. You can see it here on this earth. 
Let me give you a contrast. Right now you're seeing the kingdom of darkness. You see drug dealers. Guess where that comes from? The devil. You see the kingdom of darkness right there. Some of you have seen murders. That's the kingdom of darkness. Some of you have seen lying and cheating and divorce and adultery. You know what all that is? The kingdom of darkness. Let me ask you a question. Is God bigger than the devil? Yes or no? And if he's bigger than the devil and we only see the devil's kingdom of darkness, why don't we ask God to come down here, kick and beat up the devil a little bit, kick his butt, and see the kingdom of heaven on earth? Why don't we see peace on earth? Why don't we see joy on earth? Why don't we see unity on earth? Why don't we see family on earth? You don't have to wait to heaven, young people, to be blessed. You can be blessed right here. Look at your neighbor and say, it starts right here. That's what I'm talking about. Now look at that. Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God either up in heaven or down on this earth unless he is born again. You know what? Nicodemus didn't sell crack. Nicodemus wasn't pimping girls, getting on Maury Povich, trying to find out which one of these women was his, which one of these women was his baby's mama. No, 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 no. He was a good person. He went to church. He paid his tithes. He lived a good life. But you know what? Jesus said, no, 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 no. That's not good enough. You've got to be born again. And you know what? When I want to teach you guys what the thing's all about, what Christianity's all about, it's about being born again. Now, look, what does Nicodemus do? Nicodemus asks us the same question that many of you would probably ask. He says, how can a man be born when he's old? So he's, he's thinking literally here, man, I'm like a 60-year-old man, and you're telling me i got to be born again? Surely he cannot go a second time into his mother's womb to be born. You want to talk about a mess? <laughs> Hello, somebody. You understand what he just said right there? He's like talking about crawling up in his mother. That would be gross and nasty. That's what he just said? Hold on now. Why are you all looking at me like I'm gross and perverted? I just read you the Bible. Uh, I'm sorry that that's in the Bible. You could talk to the author, Jesus, but he put it in there. So the man said, surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and come out again. That would be nasty. That couldn't even happen. So you can see that this 60-year-old man don't even understand what Jesus is talking about. Jesus said, man, you got to be born again. He's thinking about the natural body. Now look what Jesus busts on him right here, verse 5. He says, I tell you the truth. Now, Jesus telling you, I'm telling you the truth. That's the truth. He said, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and of the spirit. You see, he breaks down what he's talking about right here. See, he's saying this birth comes from a water and it comes from the spirit. And we're going to learn what that water is in just a minute. But everybody say spirit. So he says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to what? So think about this. One day your mom and dad got together listening to some, I don't know, I was going to say like Al Green or whoever's popular in the Latino love songs. And they got together one night by candlelight. And, and then a couple months later, I'm just reading the Bible, y'all. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Somebody had to hook up while y'all listening. So your mom and dad, going back to the story, keep your mind pure now, going back to the story, your mom and dad hooked up, and nine months later, your flesh came out, right? Now, in the flesh, you might have a nose like your dad and a hair like your mom. You look in the flesh like your mom and dad. Somebody say, I. But what Jesus is talking about is the spirit, capital S, got to give birth to the little spirit, little Tito spirit. Who's the big spirit, y'all? God. See, God is saying the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, has to give birth to your little spirit, and then that's how you're born again. You see, that's what he's talking about. He's not talking about Nicodemus going back into his mother's womb and, and causing a big mess, and he's not talking about somebody hooking up and doing all that again. No, what he's saying is, man, God is a spirit. He'll create in you a new spirit. And then look how he says this. You should not be surprised at my saying. Everyone look up at me. Don't be surprised we're talking about this, being born of the Spirit. You should not be surprised. You must be born again. Now Jesus gives him an example. He said the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the what? Everyone say born of the? Everybody on this side. Born of the? Born of the? Oh, I need y'all to get excited. One more time. Born of the... Thank you. Okay. So you, go, you and I go outside. It's like... <sighs> the windy city, right? You feel the wind. 
But it's not like you can just be like, oh, yeah, I can see the wind coming. It's right over there. And it's not like you can take the wind, hold it in your hand, and I like eating wind. You don't know where it goes, and you don't even know where it's coming. It's not like you can be like, oh, I'm going to follow the wind today. But the Bible says that's the same thing like the Spirit. But you can feel the wind. You can, you can feel the wind. Just blow on your hand right now. So you can feel the wind of your own self. Some of you are like, I don't know if I want to do it. Come on, you want to do it. Everybody do it. Okay? All right, now everyone watch. What happens when you come to a good church and the Spirit is there? Do you see the Spirit? Do you know where it came from? Do you know where it's going? But you can what? You can feel it. That's why we worship God. Because you can feel the Spirit of God. That's why when we pray, sometimes you'll see tears come down. We're not just being emotional. We're being touched by the Spirit. So the birth that we must have is a spiritual birth. Now I'm going to show you what that water is just to give you a little insight on that. Peter said what it was in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. He says, for you have been what? Born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring Word of God. Everybody say, the Word of God is the seed that gives me a new spirit. Now watch how this works. This is not to be taken so literally it becomes gross. But as flesh gives birth to flesh, it's a mom and a dad hooking up, and that combination of seed and egg makes a person, okay? That's, that's health class for you right there. And now the two components that hook up that make a new person in you is the Word of God. The things God says, like all sinners need to repent. Jesus Christ died for your sin. That truth needs to hook up with God's Spirit. And when you believe that and you allow those things to happen in your heart, the Word of God and the Spirit of God make in you a new spirit. Everybody say, I. Now, if you don't believe me, look back up there and see it for yourself. It says in verse 5, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of the what? Water and Spirit. Now, let's go through the questions. Number two, what type of man was Nicodemus? He was a Pharisee of the ruling councils. Number four, what does it mean to be born again? Will, what does it mean to be born again? Go ahead, Will. You're not saying the biblical words. I want you to say the biblical words. Who's going to say behind them? Okay, right there. Go ahead and say it. It's okay. Don't be embarrassed. Now, if my leader didn't get it, he's already a little embarrassed. He's okay. You can help him out by helping, by saying it. By water and spirit. What does it mean to be born again? To be born of the water and spirit. And we know the water is the Word of God. So you could say the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Now look at number five. Why couldn't Nicodemus understand Jesus? Why do you think Reuben, he couldn't understand him? That's it. He was thinking it was physical. He wasn't understanding it was spiritual. See, just stop right there. Everyone look up at me for a minute. See, a lot of people want to see it to believe it. A lot of people say, well, I'm not going to believe in God until I see God. Well, until they came up with Doppler radars and everything, we couldn't see wind. We could never see wind, but people knew wind was there. And you know what? One day you're going to see God. One day you're going to have a God radar, and you're going to look at him face to face. But now until then, it takes faith to believe in him. But it's not really just a fool's faith. It's not like make-believe, like I believe in Santa Claus, I believe in Jesus, I believe in Peter Pan. No, you know how you know it's real that, you have Je- that Jesus is who he said he is? Because you can feel him. How many have felt Jesus before? How many of you felt Jesus? And he showed you his love, his power. It's not just emotions. You've gone to football games and they've been emotional, but you never felt like Jesus, felt the Jesus feeling you've had here. You've been to funerals and it's been sad, but you've never felt the same way when you cry up here. So it's not just emotions of crying, emotions of excitement. That's what some people want to say is no. It's deeper than that. It's God touching you and you can feel him. Somebody say amen. Now look at the number of verse 6. What role... Does Jesus play in a person being born again? Here it comes right now. Jesus is going to say how you can be born of the Spirit, how this process happens. And here he says it right here. I'm going to get to it in just a second. I'm going to show you all that in just a minute. How does a person get born again? Well, let me go back to this. It says, 
Uh, still going over the same thing why Nicodemus doesn't understand. How can this be, Nicodemus said. You are Israel's teacher, Jesus said, and you don't understand these things. So by this point, y'all understand what Jesus was talking about, but Nicodemus still couldn't get it. And let me just pause right here and tell you why. Because he was blinded by his religion. Sometimes I talk to people, and they are so religious that they think they know everything, but they don't know anything. They wear their crosses. They say they go to church every week. Then I start trying to tell them about being born again, and they're like, no, but I've been confirmed, and, and I go to confession, and I know I'm okay. And I'm like, but brother, you've you got to be born again. That's what the Bible says. Well, I don't, I don't believe that. What does that mean? I don't believe in churches like that. I only believe what they tell me at my church. We see religion and trying to stay the way you are prideful can make a fool out of you. And here's this grown man. He is a teacher. He has studied in seminary. He has his degree in religion. And yet he can't even comprehend what y'all got. And we don't even know what happened to Nicodemus. We think he got saved later. And I could tell you about that another time. But at this point, he still doesn't even get it. Look at verse 11. Jesus still talking. I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify what we've seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. Now right there, watch this. Everyone look up at me. Y'all probably didn't even catch this. Jesus went from talking in the singular, I am telling you this. I tell you the truth. To we tell you the truth. We give you our testimony. Why did Jesus all of a sudden go from talking in the singular to talking in the plural? That would be like me standing up here going, um, we love you, we are really in, in, into you, and I'm talking about myself personally, you know, and like we care for you. And you're like, are you talking about you and your wife? And I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just talking about myself in the third person. How many understand that's a little weird? How many of y'all been in school long enough to know you that's not really the right way to talk, okay? But why did Jesus start saying right here, I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we've seen. Why did he just make, who's we there? He ain't talking about his disciples because his disciples don't know that yet. So he ain't saying the we of the disciples. He ain't talking about other prophets because he is the first prophet to ever talk about being born again. Who is the we? The Father, the Son himself, and who? The Holy Spirit. See, that's what he's talking about. He's saying, man, I'm bringing you the whole thing here. And we, the Father who created this through me, the Son, the Holy Spirit who brings this to you, we tell you the truth. God is speaking in the plural, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three divine persons, yet one divine being. Somebody say, all right. So y'all going to learn something in church. That's what the Trinity is. It's not three different gods. The Father's not a God. Jesus is not a God. And the Holy Spirit is a God. No, they are one God. They are God. But there are three different persons. The Father is not the Son. The Son's not the Spirit. And the Spirit's not the Father. But they are three divine persons, but not separate in nature. They make who God is. That is God. You might say, man, that's hard to understand. Well, you know what? God is a mystery. God is great. God is big. And we need to take him at his word. And that's what's going on right here. And Nicodemus is just learning all of this as you are learning it. And then he goes to verse 12. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? So what Jesus is telling Nicodemus, look, man, if you don't understand your purpose here on life, it's not just to have a body, but you need to have a spirit. You need to be in a relationship with God. You need to know the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. If you can't understand that thing, how am I going to be explained to you what's up in heaven? How am I going to explain to you the, the four horsemen, the apocalypse, the book of revelations, all the things that are going to come? I can't even tell you what's going on up there. All of the angels, the seraphim, the six-winged angels the Bible talks about. He says you got to start with the ABCs before before you move on the trigonometry and all that you one two threes are y'all listening to me i just got deep on y'all y'all listening to me how many y'all get about being born again amen give yourself a hand clap because y'all get it come on give yourself a hand clap there you go you can give yourself like a little uh what is that tiger wood golf hand clap if you want but if you want to get excited you can give yourself a real hand clap come on all right some people over here ain't proud of themselves man you ain't proud of yourself you're proud of yourself there you go clap for yourself brother clap 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 dance a little bit now now watch this. I'm going to show you what it means to be born again. I'm just having fun with y'all tonight. I like having fun. Okay. Look at this right here. We are now going to talk about how being born again really looks if we were to draw a picture of it. Okay. This is how we were created. We were created a body with a soul. And what's that last part right here? Now, Adam and Eve were perfect. They had a perfect body. They had a perfect soul and they had a perfect spirit. Now, when we say soul, another word for soul is your heart. 
So you'll tell somebody, I love you with all of my corazón, my heart. Now, are you talking about the heart that goes boom, 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 boom? Are you talking about all of the blood in there belongs to somebody else? No. What are you talking about? Your mind. You're talking about your will. You choose to want to be with them. You choose to think about them. And you're talking about your emotions. So when somebody refers to the soul, and especially in the Bible, when people are referring to the soul or the heart of a person, what they are referring to is their mind, will, and emotions. Everybody say the soul is also called the heart, which is my mind, my will, and my emotions. Okay, then the spirit is your connection to God. It's like DSL, man. You know, once you plug that into your computer, you can go right on the Internet. You can connect to God through the Spirit. It's like having a connection to Him. When you guys get older and you start working in offices, you can get networked to all the computers in that whole office. Even if you work downtown in the Sears Tower, all thousand computers can be all networked together through one network. The spiritual connection to God on the inside of you is your networking with God and Jesus Christ. That's how you hear Him. That's how He speaks to you. When I say God talks to me, I don't mean like He shows up in my room like, Hey Joe, how are you doing? I'm God. You know? And, and I'm not meaning like, like He's a little person on the inside of me because you know Dito Jesus lives in my heart and we say it like that and it doesn't mean like he's down like a little Jesus in, in my arteries and he's like you know I love you Joe and it's like I can just hear him in my heart no when I say Jesus speaks to me he's speaking to my spirit and how does my spirit understand anything through my mind so I hear these 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 ideas these thoughts and I know they're not from my mind I know it's from God and guess who else can tap into your spirit and tempt you through your mind see I kind of gave it away the devil see the devil is a spirit and he knows how to talk to spirit and that's why you can be in a party and nothing physically may seem wrong, of course, other than the drinking and everything, but nothing, nobody's really tempting you like going, hey, have sex. But once again, they could. But let's just forget all that. Let's just say you're sitting at home by yourself, okay? Young man, you're sitting at home by yourself. Now there's nobody tempting you. There's nobody playing loud music telling you to have sex and all that. And guess what? All of a sudden you can have a feeling. I want to look at pornography. Well, where did that come from? Where did that feeling come from? I want to look at pornography. Well, you can come up with that idea yourself, but guess what? Sometimes we're tempted. And guess who's tempting us? A spirit. And just like the Holy Spirit, you don't see him. You don't know where he's coming or going, but he's real. And the same thing is with an evil spirit. And he can come and tempt you. Spirits of lust, spirits of violence, spirits of, of depression make you hate yourself. And you'll feel like this is who you are. But really, you're just being tempted in your spirit. Somebody say, help us, Jesus. Now watch this. I don't have time to get into all the details. But this is what born again is talking about. Adam and Eve were created with a perfect body, with a perfect soul, and with a perfect spirit. They were naked in the Garden of Eden and didn't even care because you know why? Their spirit was so bright. It shone around them like a light, like they glowed. They didn't even pay attention to their body because the body wasn't the most important thing. It was their spiritual life. And guess what? They could see God. And God himself, Jesus Christ, walked down with man. And then he told him one thing not to do. He said, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see, some of the things you all want to experience in life, you say, I've got to know how it feels to be in love. I've got to know what it feels like to have sex. You see, that was the temptation that Satan gave them. You will know good from evil. See, the key was you'll know good and evil together instead of just knowing good like they had known. And then the devil didn't say, hey, let's smoke crack together. Let's molest children together. Because some people think sin is only bad things, like society says is bad. No. You know what the bad sin they did? Was wanting just to know evil. Whatever was evil, a lie. Just wanting to know what it was like to be angry. And the moment they ate of that tree, you know what happened? They died. Because Jesus said, if you eat of this tree of knowledge and good and evil, in that day you shall surely die. Everyone look in the book of Genesis. I want you to read that so you don't think I'm just telling you a make-believe story. Nancy, you, you think they need to say it? All right, come on, somebody say, preach it, preach it. All right, go to um, Genesis chapter 3. We'll start where he gives them the command. This is where they actually do it. 
but start in um, in Genesis chapter two. Verse 17, thank you. Starting in verse 15. When you're there, somebody say, I'm there. Now, what are we learning about today? Being what? Born again. All right, look at this right here. You're all going to learn it even better. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and what? Evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely what? Die. Okay, now let's go over here to the devil. I got to read you this devil, man. Look how he's a liar. He wants to very, everyone look up at me. See, y'all going to learn something right here. The moment the devil tempts Adam and Eve, you know what he does? He brings into question the very word of God. The first thing the devil will always make you think is, did God really say that? Did God really say we couldn't be gay? Did God really say that I couldn't have sex before marriage? Is it really that wrong to go to concerts? Is it really that bad to pray Grand Theft Auto? Is it really wrong to listen to that type of music? Did God really say? Once you start questioning that, you know who you're sounding like, the devil, and you know where you're getting that from. Look right here. Chapter 3, verse 1. We all get tempted that way. The devil's the old devil, and he hasn't changed. He's been the same 6,000 years. Now look in verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. So the devil takes the form of a serpent. He said to the woman, look at the very first thing the devil comes out of his mouth. The first thing you ever hear the devil say is, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now right there, the devil's already lying. God didn't say you could not eat from any tree. He only said you could not eat from one tree. And you see what the devil will try to tell you? He'll come up to you and say, man, Christianity sucks. They told you you couldn't have sex. Nope, God didn't tell you you couldn't have sex. He just told you you couldn't have sex until you got married. You see how the devil twists it? He always wants to make it look hopeless. You know, like didn't Jesus tell you you're not going to have any friends? Didn't Jesus say you got to leave all your friends behind? No, Jesus didn't say you weren't going to have any friends. Jesus just told you you weren't going to have the friends you got now because you got to make a change. Are you all going to get that sooner or later? You're going to be like, oh, did God say you got to give all your money to the church? No, God didn't say you got to give all your money. He just said give a tithe and he'll bless you with the rest of the 90%. I'd rather have 90% blessed than 100% curse, you heard? Are you all listening to me? So the first thing the devil does is lie. Now the woman says, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God said, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you'll die. And look at this, what he says. Look right here, verse, verse 4. You will not surely die. Somebody say the devil's a liar. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. You see, the very temptation that Satan put before them was to be like God. And you know what? Today, the devil wants you to be like God. The devil's biggest lie to us is not to smoke, crack, do drugs, get in trouble. You know what his biggest lie is? You can do what you want. You're your own person. Don't let a God tell you how to live, starting with that first tree. Don't let him tell you you can't eat this. You're not going to die. You're going to be smart just like him. And that's the very lie that they teach in universities right now when you get to college. Oh, why does your pastor have to tell you what's moral? You don't need a pastor to tell you what's right and wrong. You just figure out what's right and wrong. If you want to be gay, be gay. You want to have girlfriends and boyfriends, do whatever you want. You don't need a book to tell you what to do. That's exactly what the devil said. And then look what happens when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desiring, uh, also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate. Everybody look up at me. You know that sin is mm-mm good. You see, sin would not be sin if it was bad. Sin is something that is good to your flesh. You know, y'all got to understand what I'm talking about. Donuts are good to your flesh, but how many know you eat it, it ain't good for, for very long? It's good to your taste buds, but eventually hurts you. And you see, sin has the appearance of good. Sin looks right. You'll be rebellious, fighting against your family, fighting against the church, and you'll think you're right. Am I talking the truth, Adam? People will get so full of their own self and sin, and they think it's so good, but they really just bind into the lie of the devil because the Bible says sin. Sin is only good for a season, but in the end is death. There's a way that seems right unto a man, but the path that he takes is destruction. Watch this. So she's going to eat it now. 
It says right here, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. The eyes of both of them were opened, and they gazed in that they were naked. They saw fig trees and made a covering for themselves. Now, hold on. We've got to stop and put this story together. At the very beginning, God said, if you eat of this tree, you shall surely what? And they eat, and their body didn't die. They didn't just fall over. Right? Their mind didn't die. Their soul did not die. It's not like they're I'm brain dead. But hold on. What die? Because they knew they were what? Naked. See, that moment right there, the light inside of them turned off, and all they knew now was their body and their soul. All they had now was their mind. And the first thing they do as sinners, dead in their spirit, when they hear God come and look right here, they run from him. It says, then the eyes of both of them were open. They realized they were naked, made fig trees together to make a covering. Verse 8, then the man and his woman heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden at the cool of day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees. You know what we're trying to do today? We're still trying to make fig leaves to cover our shame and hide from God. Why do you think people at clubs, they're trying to hide from God. They put it on bling to try to make themselves feel better in their flesh about what they're missing in their spirit. They're drinking. They're having sex. They're marrying, divorcing. This world is tore up from the floor up and needs a check up from the neck up. Are y'all listening? Because they don't have God in their spirit anymore. And God used to be man's best friend. But now we got a lot of other best friends. Now we got violence, gangs, and drugs. And, and all types of things and we still hiding from God and you see when man was born he was meant to live with God he was meant to talk with God that's why when Nicodemus came to Jesus Jesus had to tell him look here man you can dress up your flesh however you want you can do to your mind whatever you want but you'll never get back in the kingdom what you ran away from back in the garden until you're born again until you get a connection on the inside of you back to God because you you were created to know God and His kingdom. If you believe it, say amen. Man, that's the gospel truth. And so the moment Adam and Eve died, bam, sin enters their life. And the connection is broken. They know that they're naked and busted and disgusted. They know that things ain't right. And they begin to live. And now people ask me, Pastor, why is there so much wickedness in the world? Because people are wicked. People carry diseases. People kill each other in wars. All of this wickedness you see is because of what man's sin has brought to this earth. But he's got to be born again. You see, we got to go from sin to being born again. See, that's the difference. If you're not born again right now, you may say, Pastor, I don't kill, I don't murder. It don't matter. You're not connected to God. Based on that alone, you'll miss it. You know, I love the skit that you guys are trying to break down the consequences of being a Christian and a non-Christian at the beginning. Everyone look up at me, please. But there was something that was not doctrinally sound, and i got to teach Joey right here. You see, he said... He said, right, and I know you didn't mean it like this, but i got to teach you all something. He said, right here, you follow sin. You're not going to have any friends. You're going to have all this and that. That ain't always true. There are people right now that don't follow Christ. got a lot of friends, and they don't beat up their friends. It ain't everybody in the gang that don't love God. There's yuppies right now living downtowns as atheists can be, gay and lesbian. They got money. They got a happy home. They adopt their children. You got teachers in your school, drive nice cars, have a nice home in the suburbs. And let me tell you something, sin does not always look bad to the human eye because we're talking spiritual things. You can't always see what the spiritual thing is. And I want you all to know this real quick. Sometimes living bad will get you things you want. Watch. And living good won't get you what you want. Hello? You see, some of you think, well, if I live for Jesus, he becomes my sugar daddy now. And you think living for Jesus means he owes you a new car, a new house, bless you with a new school scholarship. You're going to have every bill paid, never have a problem. But that ain't always the truth. Sometimes as a Christian, you're going to have struggles. Sometimes people are not going to like you. Sometimes you're going to be alone. Sometimes people will hurt you. And you might say, well, Pastor, what's the point of being a Christian? The point is God never leaves you. You're connected to God. And that should be enough. God in your life. Man, even if Jesus Christ never did one more thing for you and I, and we went through this earth as a living hell, but yet we still got our sins forgiven and had eternity in heaven, it would be worth it, y'all. 
Don't trade your life here for a few temporary things. Don't trade the kingdom of heaven for your few friends, for a car. Now, the good thing is, is being born again. Yeah, we are God's children, and we can pray. But guess what? He don't always come when I want him to come. He don't always bring what I want him to bring. And that's all right. You know why? Because it's his plan. I'm just living out his life. He could call me to live right now with Tisa in Mozambique, Africa. I would have to live in a hut. So you know what? Following Jesus cost me my house. Following Jesus cost me the American. American dream. But I'd rather be with Jesus living in a hut, reconnected to my Savior, than being in the tents of the wicked, going to hell with the devil. There ain't nothing worth going to hell for. And listen to me, y'all. Everyone look up at me. You are going to be in heaven or hell a lot longer than you've been on earth. Now, eternity is a long time. Let me give you an idea of what eternity is. We talk about eternal life. If you don't accept Christ, you have eternal death. Let me talk about eternity. Let me just give you something to blow your mind. Let me just tell you something. Imagine if one little old birdie, one birdie, flew from New York, the East Coast, all the way to, to California and went all along the beaches there and just took one little grain of sand, put it in its beak, and then flew all the way over to the East Coast and drop that one little grain of sand. Imagine that birdie, one birdie doing that until all the grains of sand of the West Coast are over on the East Coast. You know how long that would be? I would take thousands and thousands, if not millions of years. That's not even a second of eternity. That's not even a second. Eternity never ends. Imagine that whole entire time you're in a lake of fire. Man, you don't want to be in the lake of fire even for a minute. Not for that time for a bird to bring across all that stuff. And that ain't even a second of eternity. Eternity don't even have an end. My friends, heaven is worth everything you've got to pay to get. If you've got to leave your friends, if you've got to let go of this life, man, let go of it for Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on, somebody say amen. So that's what it means to be born again. Then what happens is this. God's spirit begins to live in your life. You may, you know what? You may not see him, but you'll feel him. And he'll begin to talk to you. And he'll begin to, to his word. Remember that word, that birth, that spirit? His word will begin to speak to you. And he'll motivate what you do in your body. Your body will become your slave. You can't do nothing that you don't want to do. So your body can't make yourself drink a beer. You just got to tell yourself through the spirit, I'm not going to drink that beer. And God will give you the strength from the inside. See, a lot of things they teach you in school is, oh, you can do it. You can do it. Well, there are things in life you can do. But you know what? There's some things you can't do. Maybe you struggle with lying and you'll never be able to quit. Maybe you struggle with lust as a guy you'll never be able to quit. But guess what? The Bible says greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You get connected to God. He'll do things on the inside of you you can never do for yourself. If you believe it, say amen. And then this is what the Christian life is like. Your spirit against your flesh. Because you still got that flesh, don't you? See, when I was born again, I didn't look like an angel. Do I look like an angel yet? <laughs> Little wings flapping. So guess what? When my spirit was born again, my body's still the same. Pinch your neighbor and see if they're still physically there. Come on, pinch your neighbor. There you go. You know what? When you come up to this altar, everyone look up at me, please. You come up to this altar or pray at your home, and you're like, Jesus, I believe that you're real. Send your spirit to making me a new person. I believe your word. Guess what? You may not change on the outside immediately, but you'll know on the inside you're changed. And then day by day, you're going to see God start changing your outside. You'll stop doing the things you used to do. Why? Because it happened on the inside first. Are you listening? You see, just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I don't have temptation. I still have this wicked mind. But then what needs to happen as a born-again person, I need to make the decision every day whether or not I'm going to live according to the devil in the world or my own self or God. You see, without God in your life, you see this throne right here? Self is the throne. See, you and I are in charge just like the devil wanted us to be. And we live in our mind whatever we want to do. So people say, I'm gay. Well, that's what you are because that's what you say you are. You're angry, want to murder. That's what you're going to be, right? Because that's what people say they are. I was born this way. No, nothing can change me. Well, that may be right, but you need to be born again another way. Amen? And then that's who you are. Jesus Christ sits on the throne of your heart. Jesus Christ's word is in your mind. And then now look, this is what life then becomes. With Jesus in your heart, this is the battle every day you're going to face. Are you going to do what you want to do? Are you going to do what that word wants you to do? 
See, that's the born again life. After you've been born again, now Jesus, King Jesus, is in your heart. You're a part of his kingdom on earth, and one day you're going to see him in heaven. Well, until you get there, who's the boss of your life? Are you going to make up your own rules, or are you going to follow the word of God? Somebody say, help us, pastor. That's why I came to preach to you. Now, all these scriptures I don't even have time to get into. Now, let me just tell it to you like this. Have you been born again? Look at the scriptures. We uh, Look at the question. How was a person born again? Jesus is going to tell us right here. Jesus says in verse 13, No one has gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Everybody say, believes in him. And then probably the most famous scripture of the entire Bible right here. Sit up for me, please. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever what? Everybody say, believes in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Everyone look here. We're going to close out real quick. You all know who Moses is, right? What did he give us? The Ten Commandments, right? Everybody say the Ten Commandments. Well, one day while Moses was with the people of Israel, about 2,000 years before Jesus, people were breaking the Ten Commandments. And what happened was God sent a curse upon the people. And the people started to die of a disease like AIDS. Then Moses cried out to God and he said, God, what can I do to spare these people? And God said this. He told him a strange thing that didn't make any sense for 2,000 years. It worked, but it didn't make sense for 2,000 years until Jesus came and explained it. Moses said, what should I do, God, to spare these people? I know that they're sinners, but you're killing them right now. And we need to spare them, Jesus. We want them to be spared. What should I do? God told Moses, he said, Moses, go get a stick, cover it in gold or bronze, rather, cover it in bronze, and then take a snake and put a snake around a stick and then cover that in bronze. So now it's like a little snake stick. And it didn't really make a lot of sense, and he dipped it all in bronze, and he comes walking out with a stick with a snake around it. And all of a sudden, God told him, go around the people, and whoever looks up at this thing is going to be healed. And Moses took this thing and began to heal people. And Jesus says right here, watch this. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. You know what that stick is? That stick represents the cross. And you know what that snake represents? Our sins that are going on that cross. Oh, y'all got to get that. Oh, y'all got to get that. You see, right there, 2,000 years before Jesus came on the planet, he's telling Nicodemus, a man who studied this, he would have known about the snake and the the stick even before y'all would have known because this is what the man studied for his whole living was the Old Testament. That's what he was about. Jesus says to him, look, man, like that stick represented my cross and like the uh, the snake represents your sins, I am going to die for you for God so loved the world that he sent his son to whoever believes in him would not perish. You see, you got to look to the cross where Jesus took your sins to be saved. You see, that's what that represented. A snake on a stick. We're like, man, what does that have to do with anything? There it is right there. Jesus ain't the snake. The snake is our sins. And we got to look to a cross, that stick, where that man took our punishment. And we're healed. We're spiritually healed. We're born again. You see, some people say, well, I believe in God. No, man, you're just playing make-believe with God. If you really believed in him, you would look at him and let him change your life. You see, those who really believe in him have been changed. I want everybody to get our, our, our flyers, please, our little cards that talk about being born again. Give one to everybody, please. This is our last thing that we're going to learn. Jesus then said in verse 18, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Now Jesus breaks it down. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. As you're getting those cards, turn it over to the place where it says, Have you been born again? I hand this out to every single person I meet when I talk about Jesus. I try to give it to every person. we got plenty in the back if you want to hand them out to your friends. Now just put it to the side. Hold it for a minute, please. Look up at me because we're going we're gonna to end with that what you have in your hand. But everyone look up at me, please, real quick. We're going to finish right here, though. We're going to finish this and get to that. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already 
So you remember going up to the beginning? Have you been born again? Listen to me. Sometimes people say, I don't like pastors because they condemn people. No, 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 no. If you have not been born again, you are condemned already. Me telling you that does not make that happen. You understand? You see, some people think the pastor telling them where they go when they die means they're judging them. No, if I made up my own book and then I told you what I thought about you, no, that's me now judging you. I'm giving you my opinions, and everybody's got opinions, and they're like armpits. We always have two of them, and they know most of the time what? Stink, right? And you see, you might say, well, that's judging me. But look, 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 I'm not judging you. I have not given you my opinion. This pastor has not said, well, you go to hell because I say so. No, the Bible says you stand condemned already. So you came into this place right now, and if you're not born again, let's just say this whole entire time, I just sit up here and I was like, for like 45 minutes, and you're all like, this dude's crazy. I ain't never coming back. Guess what? Y'all would walk out still be condemned. Even if I didn't even tell you one thing. Even if you never heard the message your whole life. The Bible says, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Here's the breakdown. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that they may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done through God. So here's the deal. Have you been born again, yes or no? And if you're answering no, then you came to the right place. And here's the verdict. If you want the truth, if you want God, in a few minutes, baby, run to the light. Run to Jesus Christ. Put your eyes on Him and let Him change you. And let Him show you who you are. Let Him show you just who you are on the inside. And He loves you enough to forgive you of everything you are and everything you've done. And then let Him give a plan for your life. And His plan for your life may not always be laughing giggles with skittles you may have to go through some trials and tests are y'all listening to me but guess what god's plan is the best hello that's the point have you been born again let's all stand to our feet amen if you love the lord will you give him a hand clap of praise come on amen now go ahead and leave the light on for me real quick here for a second leave that light on thank you i want everyone to look at their card please Here's how the message works. Well, quickly, before you look at your card, pull out your, your Bible lesson. What role does Jesus play in a person being born again? What role does he play, Gilbert? Somebody shout it out if they got it. No? What role does Jesus play in a person being born again? Y'all tell me what meaning what it means to be born again. That's to be born of the water and the spirit, which is the word of God. Listen to the question. What role must be lifted up? There you go. What role does Jesus play in a person being born again? He must be lifted. What, and go on. Okay, but go on. What does that mean? Make it plain. What does it mean to be lifted? There you go. Give it up for Jared right there, knowing the answer. You see, it was so simple. Some of you all missed it. You thought about it too much. What role does Jesus play is the man got lifted up for our sins. And that's why a lot of people think the cross is so strange, but they don't understand the whole entire Old Testament. All it talks about is symbology of the cross. It all is representing the cross. The sacrifice of the animals in the Old Testament, guess what that's pointing to? Jesus and the cross. Number seven, how is a person born again? Juan, how's a person born again? That is what it means to be born again. Y'all need to get off that answer, okay? Number seven, Juan, how is a person born again? He's not born of his body and his soul. But how do you give your life to Jesus? But what does the Bible call that? No, what did the Bible call it? Man, I should have took my time right here. Let me go back up here for you guys. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. 
So how was a person born again? By believing in Jesus. There it is, y'all. Y'all making it a little too hard today. I know you can get this. Look, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. So look at that again. How was a person born again? By believing in Jesus, by looking to the cross, then asking for forgiveness of sins. Yes, accepting the Spirit and the Word, being born of the water and Spirit. Yes, all those things happen. But first, it starts with a humility. It starts with believing in who the man said he was and believing in what he did. Number eight, what happens if a person is not born again? Robert, what happens? He gets condemned. Amen. Now look at those cards in front of you, please. I'm going to pull out one here from my wallet. These are our business cards. If you want to break it down today, here's the most simplest way to break it down. I made it three easy steps so that everybody could be born again. I took all the scriptures I could and kind of condensed them down to three easy steps. Number one, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. If you want to see the kingdom of God, you have to be what? Born again. So the first principle is you've got to be born again. And we just learned all about what that is, to be born of the water and the Spirit. And what is the water, y'all? What is the water? What is the water? The Word of God. Amen. Now, number two, how is a person born again? The Bible says, whoever, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, what, believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's what basically you just learned today. Everything you learn can be summed up in two points. Number one, I got to be born again to see God's kingdom. And number two, I'm born again by believing in Jesus. Now look, I put number three on here. What do you do after you're born again? First John 3, 9 says, No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on what? Sinning because he has been what? Born of God. So you want to know what the simplest way to look at it is? is you've been born of the flesh. Now you need to be born of the Spirit. How are you going to be born of the Spirit? By looking to Jesus. How do you know that you've been born of the Spirit? You will feel His presence like wind, and your life will change. Amen.